Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde. And Chris Fuller. And on today's episode of Real Talk Christian Podcast, we are jumping into part two of our conversation around the whole idea of, is the Bible accurate and trustworthy? We're going to be looking at what? Archaeology. We're going to be looking at how it was translated. If we can even believe all the stuff we have in the Bible. So you ready to have this conversation? Again, Fuller. Let's go. Let's go. We gotta stop in the intro music. What was that? We gotta activate the Holy Spirit on this one, man. Holy I stopped Spirit. The intro activate. music because I was so confused. Holy Spirit, activate. <laughs> oh man. Wait, is that like your favorite Instagram reel or something? No, I just love that sound. You know, no, I was I don't remember what I was doing the other day. I was just sitting We're there. We're gonna get a flag for copyright. And <laughs> I was sitting there and I was like, uh, I was trying to do something. Or no, Noel and them were dancing or something like that. And I was like, all right, all right. They're like, yeah, Jesus, all right. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, activate. Uh-huh. Holy Spirit. And I was like, Come on. oh, man, I could not remember what that was from. Because that's been such a hot like, TikTok sound oh, and Instagram yes. real sound about like moms when it's like when, when your preaching talks back to you for right. the 5,000th time And so day. I'm like, what was the original video? And I looked it up, and it was Family Feud. Family Feud. And, and this, poor Steve this Harvey. This crazy white chick is just doing this dance. And, say, and Steve Harvey's looking at her like, <laughs> He's like what's the top that's five? That's not how she's this like, works. Hang on a Hold second. Hold on a second. Holy Spirit. Now, Holy Spirit. Like when I first saw the actual video, I'm like, y'all know that's not how this works, right? <laughs> that's the worst theology I have ever heard. Yeah. I mean, no, no, no. Granted, hold, the, the, the truth is true. Holy Spirit activate. But I mean, let's be not, honest. Not in the way that um, she was trying to do it. Every though. person who <laughs> believes in Jesus has been baptized in the spirit. And he's working you to push what? to the you father. Not, not to a, win 20 grand on Family Feud. They're not a secondary Holy Spirit activate. After you sing the Holy Spirit Activate song? Shoot, if I get on Family Feud, I mean, shoot, I might have to sing that too to Holy get that Spirit 20 Gs, activate. baby. Holy Spirit Activate. You know, after today, you're going to have Family Feud stuff on I, your Instagram and Facebook oh, I know, 24-7. No, seriously. Zuckerberg is watching. So He's it's watching. it's hilarious. So uh, Brandon Soche, if you don't know who Brandon Soche is, go Brando. back to the season one he was on. Does Brando still listen? No, I so don't So I can make so. fun of him and his Cajunist on the show? I, I don't believe he does. Bro. But, uh... Bro. Actually, does he even do his Abba Father podcast anymore? I don't think so. But anywho. I'm going to look. You so any, yeah, we, you were any ta- we were talking about sermon that graphics. Remember I was telling you about sermon graphics? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the very next day, I, I had a, I screenshot it and sent it to him because I'm scrolling through Facebook, and here's a website uh, advertisement for sermon graphics, <laughs> like the sermon <laughs> graphics bundle. And I screenshot it, and I sent it. I said, Zuckerberg's listening again. <laughs> okay, so well, okay, so they haven't had their last episode since March 12th. Wow. With Papa Soche. Papa Soche Papa was so- their Papa last Papa Soche was a rolling stone. Wherever he let his hat was his home. Where he died, all he left us was alone. Wow. I got muted. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of fun to have that power. You don't. You don't. You've never heard that. Papa was a Papa was a Rolling Stone. Nope. It's an old sixties, sixty nine. I know Johnny used to work on the dock. Sitting on the dock of the bay. No, that one. No, is it Johnny or Tommy? Johnny used to work on the dock. 
Union's been all oh. striving. He's down on his luck. It's tough. So, so tough. tough. And then the wait, 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 baseline. Mm, Tina works the diner all day. Okay, we're, yeah, we, we've already sang it. You got hold on. To what, what he got. got. Yep. So uh, we harmonized a little bit on that one. Yeah. But um, I don't know what I Oh, oh. So with the sermon graphic, I remember that when Soche was first looking at our church and doing all these things, he saw like the, the stuff that our church was kicking out graphically. He was like, oh, man, it's probably one of them churches that just that's, buys their graphics yep, and buy the series that go with the and graphics. And found out it was you. <laughs> nah, Brad, we just have someone who knows a little bit about what they're doing inside of Photoshop. So that's that's just, just what we Mark got. Mark Hyde Creative, not sponsored. Mar- it's not, well, it is Mark Hyde Creative LLC, but MarkHyde.com. For all listen, your website listen, and graphical needs. Listen. Mainly let, websites now. You can't plug yourself. Oh, sorry. If you, you got to let me plug you or oh, it doesn't get plugged. My bad. I mean, if you want to learn how to podcast, you can go to smallchurch.media. Smallchurch.media, not sponsored. Holy Spirit Activate, not sponsored. I have no idea. <laughs> Dude, okay, so we are officially in fall. I mean, technically, it's not like real fall, like well, astronomical it, no, fall. No, it's meteorolo- no, meteoro- no. meteor. It is logical fall. fall. Right now, at time, uh, time oh, well, of time recording, of- it's not. But the time you guys are listening, but it bro, is fall. You know what's happening tomorrow? Starting Notre Dame. We're going to prophesy that Notre Dame hail, is. Hail, Notre Dame. They might not win, but they're not going to get the butts kicked. No, 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 no. I want them to dominate listen, the Ohio listen, State. Okay, I've had to listen to, to a person that goes to our small group in church, my church, Stacy Bainey. Oh, is she a big she's, Ohio State fan? She's starting to listen to the podcast now, so I'm going to call her out. Stacy Bainey is a huge Buckeye fan. No, she's not. I liked you, Stacy, and I liked you and Michael a lot. And you know what? I just need Lord to, to answer a prayer here to put the Ohio State fans in their place. <laughs> that's what we need. Like that's so, not what it is. It's not so much the fact. That, I mean, I, I want to see. I, I want to see so Notre Dame win. I'm calling. Down I the love whole, the Big Ten. Oh, I'm calling down the Holy shut Spirit. Shut down the big like the Ohio State fans. They're obnoxious, bro. bro. I'm totally doing a. I'm gonna do an Instagram reel tomorrow with the Holy Spirit activate of me going Holy Spirit. Why? Well, 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 right at the beginning of the game. Yeah, you got it, bro. <laughs> and then, then make sure you record it at the end to see if you won or lost, and then that's what it <laughs> Holy Spirit didn't activate this one. Oh, that boss. would be a great reel to like. Yo, because it'd be great if it won. That'd be a great cut. They'd be like, hey! Holy Spirit activate. And then if it <laughs> lost, it's like, dang it! Apparently, you didn't pray hard enough there, boss. Yeah. But dude, it is. Football season. It is. I ne- I, I haven't planted my yellow mums yet, but I always plant yellow mums. Janiel is going out to Aldi tomorrow. They have a special oh, right now. Eight, shut up. Eight inch mums for three ninety nine. We're going out to get a bunch tomorrow. Three ninety nine. Hey bro. Siri. Oh, he's got. Hang Remind on. me tomorrow at nine thirty a.m. <laughs> to go get mums from Aldi. Three ninety nine, bro. We have to wait for it to. Oh, it was catching her voice. Okay, there. There we go. We're there. gonna get some yellow mums because I, because part of Notre Dame tradition is you gotta get the yellow mums. So the yellow because the yellow line the fields. Sure. So I get my yellow mums. I got my. I bought a new play like a champion today Notre Dame flag that's yeah. flying outside my house. Did you notice all the fall Notre Dame decorations upstairs in my living room that started appearing? This I actually week? did not. Yeah, there's a bunch up. So there. So we are ready to go. It's time for some football. I will say. So I was supposed to go to Ireland this year for the Northwestern Nebraska game, the home opener for them out there. It's supposed to happen two years ago, but then you know. COVID. COVID. So we were supposed to go this year, and honestly, like I'm glad we didn't go because um, the day of the game was when we moved into the house. But so yeah. Devin and I, my buddy Devin, who's a huge Nebraska fan, I'm a big Northwestern fan, we watched the game. Northwestern won in Ireland, and the best part was is I accidentally saw the score before the game started because we watched it like two days after. <laughs> like the, the game happened on Saturday. We didn't so watch it until like knew. Sunday. We didn't watch it until Sunday. You already knew you were going to dash his hopes. <laughs> yeah, so, so I walked in knowing we were going to win, you know, faked it the whole way. Started talking did you to, fake it? I, I did. He had uh, no idea. Uh, uh. I started talking a little crap about, you know, six minutes to go. 
Because it's kind of like with the Bible, you know. We know how the, we know how it's going to end. He's like, you know, I bet what happens. So is, even I bet though, you in six uh, six minutes left of the game, this is going to happen. Well, I, I didn't know when how it was. It's kind of like when you read the last part of the Bible. It's like we know Jesus is going to win, bro. So all the crap we're dealing, with, we know it's going to be all I or it's or at the end of a book. You realize you know how it's going to end. So all the parts is how do you get to the end? But could but you, you have, have a you have a sense of security of like no matter what happens, we win. But but you should have been like, man. I'm really praying at you know six minutes to go that we pull off the win. Holy Spirit, activate! And then <laughs> I was ready for that. And then just watch Devin be like, "How?" <laughs> I will say though, we watch. So he recorded the game right because he's got sure. YouTube Live or whatever the YouTube version yeah, is. Right. We fast forwarded every commercial, and then at halftime we went and got more food. And this then we then we went went. We did not watch a single commercial that game. That was the dang fastest football game I've ever watched. It was I like know. watching soccer. Yeah. Well, that's because it was awesome. That's because the commercials take up so much. The, the game's only as long as they are because of commercials, people. Like, same with baseball. Baseball only takes four hours to watch, but it's really only like an hour and a half, two hour long game. The rest right, is commercials. But at the same time, well, I mean, but with baseball, I'm glad they put in the, the, the pitcher clock because it's like, why are we stalling this stinking long? You got to ice the batter. But, or you ice the pitcher too. But like, that's why I love soccer because every half is 45 minutes and you know you're going to have a little bit of extra time because of injuries or whatever. So there's called stoppage time. Wait, wait. You mean injuries like, he brushed up against me. Oh! No, that's LeBron James. No, bro. I've seen Cristiano Ronaldo nah, do that Neymar, too. Mainly Neymar, but I, it don't matter. But they still every do it. person I've ever seen make fun of soccer say, "Okay, you run full speed, I run full speed at you, and then I slide and hit you with my metal spikes, and I want to see you get up." That's my answer to every single person because that crap hurts. I've been hit in soccer. That's how you get yellow cards and red cards, man. Well, right, Spiking. but that's what I'm saying. But like, you get hurt. Like, or have someone like, or you're running full speed. If someone comes underneath you and like, catch the ball, no, and you, you got to get over them. You, you got, yeah, like, you get hurt. You got to run up the side and then slide out in front. But it happens. And it hurts. So people right. are like, man, I, I could get up from that. I'm like, bro, you can't even get up so off the couch. My parents. What are you talking about? My parents have a photo of me because you know your boy. Even though I'm 300 you used pounds to play now, back in the I day. used to play right. And so uh, I have. They have a picture of me that they took of me like I tripped some dude and he was like face. Planted in the ground, and here I am taking the ball from him. I was great. <laughs> it was like the most epic soccer photo ever. But that's back when I used to like buzz my hair too. So I used to buzz my hair, and then I used to spray my. Our colors were blue and white, and so I would spray paint. You my were hair. that kid. Oh yeah, man. All out. I want to see this picture. I don't believe it. I'll. I'll, I'll I need to I'll see it this. My parents. Put it in the I'll Facebook group, bro. If I next time I go to my parents, I'll have my Facebook mom pull it out because that is brilliant. It, it's awesome, bro. That is awesome. But but you know I love watching soccer because I, I love the game. But literally, you know, you have forty five minutes and then maybe like three or five minutes stoppage time. Sure. No commercials. No stop and play. You just go. Football. Sure. You got 40, 45 seconds between plays, which obviously you have to go to the line. You got to set the play. You got to call the play. So that doesn't bother me. It's like basketball drives me nuts when it's like TV timeout. Yeah, what? right, right. That's why I love college basketball. I mean, college basketball has TV timeouts too, but they all do. Still, man, but like soccer is the only one that does not have TV timeouts, and it's glorious. Like, all right, yeah. But, so, so let's move on here from our from no, our I got sports. opinions. I got opinions. You keep your opinions to yourself. <laughs> I keep my opinions to myself. All right, so uh, tonight we're not drinking. Well, I'm not drinking coffee. I have switched over to tea because I drank the rest of my coffee. You pre, dude, you legit pre gamed. 
You drink your coffee and you, then make tea. You yelled at me for not pre-gaming last time. So uh, Mark Hyde is drinking still the Jared's Jams and Josh's Java that yep. we were talking about last week. Uh, go check it out. At I will Jared's say, if you leave it on the coffee warmer com. for like an hour and a half, two not, hours like we did, good. it settles because yes. of the velvet. It's because yes. of the chocolatey yes. velvety. So this is one where you want to brew it. You want to drink it fast. Yes. Do not bring let it, it fresh. Sit. Don't let it sit. Because because of the velvet, all the sediment or drinks set, you settles get at the a, bottom. If you get a good carafe that you could oh. seal it and you could shake it, then it'd it. probably be all right. And, and it, the coffee is phenomenal. The It's not a problem. It's more the fact of it's a cocoa bean. Yeah. Which has which It's heavier and so it settles. So it's settled because the sure. chocolate actually settles to the bottom. So you'll actually see a lighter to darker grading and transition in the coffee. Right. But no, this stuff from uh, Jared's Jared, Jam. Jared's, Jared's Jam. Jam. He's com. jamming, man. Jared's Jam. Brad, Brad just be jamming. So that's what I'm drinking tonight. But I'm also drinking water because, you know, I uh, want to get some sleep tonight. Yeah. Well, so that's why it. I have non-caffeinated tea. And but guess what? Then flavor When the water. podcast is all done, I drive three minutes to go home. Three and a half, sir. And not 30 well, five and a half if you turn if, the wrong if direction. If I turn the wrong direction again. So let's talk about Viva Dixvid. Dixvid. That sounds like a soccer name. Dixvid. <laughs> Viva Dixvid. Dixvid. Viva Dixvid. Dixvid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was from June 9th, dude. We're, we had that. We've had that many reviews. I think it was supposed to be Viva David. Probably. Uh, Viva la David. But I like this. Dixvid. Dixon. Living the vida loca. Yeah, get it? Diva. Get it? Living. Da, da, David. Da, da vida loca. loca. Okay. He's a crazy David. Wow. Oh, two college students back to back. We we are. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Noise. One on June 6th, one on June Noise. 9th. Awesome podcast. Five stars. It says, hey, guys, my name is David. I'm a college student at a Christian college in Texas. But I don't I, know which one. But I've been having issues with a lot of topics in identity. I started working at a warehouse for a summer job, and I have been listening to two to four podcasts a day, mostly real talk on Spotify. Whoop, whoop. Listening to you guys and hearing y'all perspective, not y'all's, but y'all perspectives <laughs> on things has really helped me stand firm in Christ and find my identity in Christ. I appreciate you guys and all the good work y'all doing for God. I game. love it. Well, okay. So we've read two reviews from two college students. We have. One in Texas. One in Grand Rapids, Texas. And, and you both have said y'all, but only one of you are allowed to say it. Texas. <laughs> but either way, man, so if you leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts, we want to keep growing it. Yeah. We're super close to hitting 500 reviews or 500 ratings on, on Spotify. Spotify. We want to keep pushing but those Apple Podcast reviews, though. I think data recording, we're at 128 reviews. Which is not enough on people Apple Podcast? on Apple Podcast. 128, I think, is what well, I last saw. Last time I checked, uh, like C.E. Robertson has like 10,000. So, 000, so, so I'm just saying, up. you guys are really laxing on your Apple. Y'all guys. Y'all, y'all, y'all 128, people. 128 see? reviews. Look, see, I do my research. Which, thank sometimes. you for all of you who have left reviews. Thank we don't, you. We don't want to just discredit those. Bro, we had 27,000 downloads last month. I know there's more than 128 people listening. We're all on Spotify. So I don't care. Get over to Apple iTunes and leave a review. 489 on Spotify Make up a username. Say (laughs) Fuller Fuller likes likes cacao beans or something like that. Just use some random name. I don't really care. But leave us a review because it helps us get into the ears of other listeners, not just on Spotify, which we're doing very well, but on Apple iTunes. And all the other places. 
and all the other peeps. I all love the it. y'alls. But so David, um, Aviva La David, make sure you hit us up. Send us an email. We're talking to podcast at gmail.com. And Janelle will get you a mini swag bag. She's and, all for it, man. And she, you know what the best part of the mini swag bags are? Number one, we have Janelle. Number two, you could have like a package with our freaking faces on it. You, you get to, you could actually Cut it out and frame it, man. So one of my clients I'm working with, they were talking about how they're going to ship things and get custom boxes. And I'm like, no, just get custom tape for your boxes. That's cool. I'm like, yep. or if you do small things, let me show you what we do for the podcast. And they yes, were like, uh, what? You could do this? I'm like, dude, my co-host just texted me and said, I'm doing this. You cool with that? I'm it, like, this, it was already bought. This is awesome. <laughs> it was already bought. So you get a bag with our faces on it. It's us in my old kitchen. We missed that kitchen very we, much. You know, we need, we need an updated photo we here do. soon. We need to hire. You know what? We... We have a listener who's a photographer, professional photographer down in Warsaw. Ah, nice. What's homegirl's name? I don't know, but reach out to us. We need some help. You want to help and donate some time and talent to the podcast? Well, I was thinking we paid her. <laughs> With what money? That's true. We need a sponsorship. We, would you like to sponsor a podcast? Reach out to us at realtalkchristianpodcast.gmail.com. Goodness. Well, dude, we got to get into the the fun game for the day. So what game are we doing? Like, what, are game? we doing a this or that? Are we we're, doing a would you rather? We're out of order. What are, you, what are you talking about game? We did the game. We talked about games, sir. We talked about sports. But we didn't do the this or that or would you rather or the, the questions at, at a box. We're at 17 minutes I already. don't give a rip. We got to do something here. So you're going to pull something up? I'm going to pull something right, up. Pull something up. Where's my game? Would you rather. Where's all my games Would going? you rather not have a computer or not have a phone? I'd rather. Oh, I, I want my computer. Yeah. You can do a lot more with a computer. You know, it's wild. I was like reading the other day about like the power of these computers and like how much money people used to spend on these computers that did like jack squat. Oh, oh, no, no. It's the Chandler Bing episode in, oh, he's in all of them, but on Friends where he's talking about this new computer that he got and he goes, it's complete with like this much RAM and this hard drive and this, and this and this and this and they're like a laptop. He's like, oh, you guys can do so much stuff with that and he goes, what are you going to do with that? He goes, probably just play games. Like, dude, you, you don't realize, so Windows, just think of Windows 95. We're not even going to go on the Wayback Train, just the Windows 95. 95. Which is Wayback Train for you. But I remember 95. We had 95. We had 98. We had CE. Windows 95, all right? Think about how much memory those floppy disks I mean, had. It, wasn't, it was like megabytes, the th right? The, the 3.5-inch floppy disks. Man, I remember when a 2-gig flash drive went on sale for 20 bucks. I bought three Dude, of them. Dude, I remember... I bought three of them. I remember when the I saw the first 100-megabyte uh, thumb drive, and I was like, bro, that's a lot. You're old. 100 megabyte. Not gigabyte. And now megabyte. our phones have hundreds of gigs. And Now I've got 256... No, I just spit... 256 gigabytes just on this iPad. <laughs> and your iPad and, is more powerful than the old computers. Like, it's wild. I've got like 500 on my phone. <laughs> like it's wild. Okay, so yeah. here's a fun question for you. All right. Would you rather eat pizza every day of your life or never eat pizza again? Never eat pizza again. Instead of eating it on every day? Yeah. Really? Why? Because you're old and you can't handle dairy? That's you who takes the <laughs> lactate about, pills, bro. That's, lactate <laughs> that's not old. me. But think about it. There's like... There's there's like Alfredo pizza. There's chicken bacon no, ranch so here, pizza. It's basically like a here's sandwich. It's like a Bra. sandwich with just one Bra. layer. Bra. All right. I worked in a pizza joint for nine years. I had my fill of pizza. But I'm here's good, bro. the deal. You worked at a pizza hut. I know, but that place is nasty. But I could make. I made my own personal pizza. It's not like when you buy it. When you make it yourself, you can make it good. 
but I eat pizza for so I, I mean so many days, almost every day of the week I eat some form of pizza. I'm pizza out. So have you ever been to the Lobber in downtown South Bend? No, it's a phenomenal pizza joint. Have you ever so been? I'd rather to eat pizza every day. In my Silver life. Beach Pizza in St. Joe, Michigan. Um, I've walked by it a hundred times, Did but I've never know actually gone in. They there were rated it. the number one pizza place in Michiana. I just saw the really little, the Michiana Traders magazine. I've had wooden peeled on a Freeman. No, I got sick off of they're, it. They're not even close. Okay. Um, some listeners might hate this, but I actually love Domino's. Like that's our go-to at all the time. At home. <laughs> we eat Domino's a lot. Only the bread bowls. But sixty-five percent of people would said they would never eat pizza again. See, I'm right in the majority there, my good man. Uh, that's kind of a dumb question. Uh, that's also a dumb question. Would you always take a cold shower or always sleep an hour less than you need to be fully? Take rested? a cold shower. I need my rest, or I'm grumpy. But to say, I'm like, I'd rather take a cold shower. I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. In fact, all summer long, I actually had to take cold showers whenever I work outside at night because I'm so allergic to poison ivy. Yeah, right. You got to close I, your I pores. Have to take like freezing so, cold showers. You won't have that problem awful, at your dude. new house, probably. I got but, no, 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 no. There is one stupid strand that goes up this little tree around like the pole of poison ivy, and I'm like, you I would grab. Kidding me. I'd grab the spray and kill that sucker right away. That's but, the plan for Saturday. But uh, that is the plan. You know. I am with you. I can breathe. Like if people burn poison ivy, I like sweat. My entire body swells up just from yep. the from the smoke. But uh, I go get I'm with I you. go get steroid. Like like so little, steroid shots. Poison ivy. Yes, steroid Ooh. shots. Prednisone. Yep. And but when you're working outside, if you're in woods, whether you know there's poison ivy or not, when you come in to take a cold shower, the best thing to remove the oils, Dawn dish soap i remember you saying that bro i lather that sucker i'm like oh darn so basically you turn into a duck i do you turn quack, into a quack, duck quack quack <laughs> i put on poison ivy block no nope. and then i'm coming mean, i have a poison ivy scrub that no, i do in cold water none, and it's awful none of that stuff ever has worked for me see but i dawn get little dish, dots dawn dish soap i've i've actually handled and picked up poison ivy go into cold shower wash with dawn dish soap and i never break out there you go. There's your fun fact fun to fact. start off the episode. 22 minutes in. There it is. Follow us at the time. So we're ready to jump into part two, buddy? No. Okay. Yes. Well, that was an awkward. Ready to jump into part two, buddy? <laughs> yes. Let's All right. go. All right. Start it off. <laughs> oh, I got to start. It's your episode. So uh, well, it's not my episode. It's my episodes. <laughs> my bad. My bad. My, the last two episodes. That's the, la- the last. The, the eternal security part, was you. That was me. Yeah. So this is mine. <laughs> Anyway, so See, we, Joe, we love to go long on our banter. <laughs> We've gone over some facts, uh, you know. Yeah, refresh us on what we did in so, part one. So we talked about it being the, the most stolen book, the best-selling book, um, the oldest Bible being in the fourth century of the still intact Bible we have, uh, text written over 1,500 years, uh, the number of books in the Bible varies. We've talked about the uh, ac- how bi- uh, accurate is the Bible based upon the quantity, the quality, the author's. Uh, and then we also talked about how the canon was chosen by the church fathers. That was all in part one of this two-part uh, series. Is it, it can be a, considered yeah, a, series. a series. Yeah, once you once you have two, it's a series. It's not so a trilogy. A yet. It's it, not, not a trilogy. trilogy. It's a series. We uh, haven't done a trilogy episode ooh, series. Yes, we have. Did we do a three? Well, Paul, Paul, Paul Lindgren, Lindgren <laughs> which is still to this date one of the most impactful I know, episodes yeah, we've right, had, which, yep, is, which exactly. is awesome. Which was kind of weird because it was like, Horrible audio quality. You can hear my dogs like collar. Barking, you dropped a spoon in one of those spoon. episodes. Yeah, it was like the worst. But uh, yeah, it's still pretty popular. Um, now I lost my train of thought where I was going. 
That's awesome. Yeah, but it, it's a series. So this is this, this two-part series. Yes. We've gone over these things. So if you have not listened to the first part of the series. Go back to part one. Yeah, just pause. All right, jump in. Pause. Though. And now jump back in. There okay, we go. There okay. We go. <laughs> okay, there we go. Jump it in. All right. So uh, today in, we're going to talk about deep. the historical reliability of the scriptures of the Bible, uh, the archaeological reliability of it. And it, was the Bible actually even translated correctly? That's a good question. Let's do it. It is a good question. I'm going so, to come along for the ride on this one. I'm going to hang out. Sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> my my family group chat is blowing up my I iPad see that. Right you, now. You just, you, We're going to Kalamazoo on Labor Day, so they're all trying to figure you out gotta, the plans. You got to learn how to put airplane mode on. Well, then, there you go. Uh, do not just let's, let's just, sleep do mode. Not disturb. There you go, bro. Boop. All right. So is the Bible historically reliable? Again, we're going back to Bible.org and the article, How Accurate is the Bible? So this is what they have to say on the historical reliability. The historicity of Jesus Christ is well established by early Roman, Greek, and Jewish sources. And these extra biblical writings affirm the major details of the New Testament portrait of the Lord. The first century Jewish historian Flavius Josephus, which I have these writings over there, yep. uh, made specific reference to John the Baptist, Jesus Christ, and James and his antiquities of the Jews. In this work, uh, Josephus gives us many background details about the Herods, the Sadducees, and Pharisees, the high priests like Ananias and Caiaphas, and the Roman emperors mentioned in the Gospel of Acts. Mm. We find another early secular reference to Jesus in a letter written a little after A.D. 73 by the imprisoned Syrian uh, named Mara Bar uh, Serapian. Serapian? I'm going to go with Serapian. Mara Bar I'm Serapian. I'm just going here and you're trying to pronounce these things. <laughs> It's okay. Uh, this letter to his son compares the deaths of Socrates, uh, Pythagoras, and Christ. Other first and second century writers who mention Christ include the Roman historians Cornelius uh, Tacitus uh, in his Annals, and uh, yeah, that other place in the life of Claudius. Suetonius. Suetonius in the life of Claudius lives uh, lives of the Caesars. The Roman governor uh, Pliny the Younger and his epistles, and the Greek uh, satirist Lucian on the deaths of the Perigian. Uh, Jesus is also mentioned a number of times in the Jewish Talmud. So basically what you're just saying is there's a lot of actual historical so his, evidence for historical histor Jesus. For, histor for historians and the historical evidence, there's Jesus is mentioned many, 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 many Anyways. And I want to make sure not just Jesus now, because people will argue this because the 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 actual name of Jesus is Yeshua in which, Greek, which, and then in Greek we translate it to Jesus, right? But the fact of not just any because it's a common name too. It's Jesus of Nazareth, right? The guy who right. started the Christian movement, yes, right? That's who we're talking right. about, right? Yeah, because Jesus was actually Yeshua. a popular Yeshua was a popular name. Yeah, it's like Chris. No, it's not like that popular, but it's like you know Timothy. There, 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 you, you, it's, yeah, you'll run into many of them. Tim. I agree. I met a man. His name was Tim. Sorry. Tiny Tim. If, you, if you've watched Monty Python and the Holy Grail, you'll understand the reference. I have not. Um, so the article goes on to say, the Old and New Testaments make abundant references to nations, kings, battles, cities, mountains, rivers, buildings, uh, treaties, customs, economics, political dates, etc. Because the historical narratives of the Bible are so specific, many of the details are open to archaeological investigations. While we cannot say that archaeology proves the authority of the Bible, it is fair to say that archaeological archaeological evidence has provided external confirmation 
of hundreds, hundreds of biblical statements. Higher criticism in the 19th century made many damaging claims that would completely overthrow the integrity of the Bible, but the explosion of archaeological knowledge in the 20th century reversed almost all of these claims. That's wild. Noted archaeologists such as William F. Albright, Nelson Gluick, and G. Ernest Wright developed a great respect for the historical accuracy of the Scripture as a result of their work. So not only do we have a lot of writings that... Um, give us some uh, clarity and co- confirmation um, that line up with some of our scriptures, and, or at least some of the figures in the scriptures. Um, but we also have a lot of archaeology that uh, seems to affirm many of the places and cities and economics and emperors and kings and stuff that were mentioned throughout scripture and i wanted to pull this up too because one of the big arguments was the fact of okay so we can't even get the jewish leaders in the in the roman leaders right because you know and who's the main central figure roman world in the crucifixion pontius pilate that's in the apostles creed that's in the nicene creed that is all throughout the new testament where the fact of pontius pilate was the one overseeing it with barabbas washes in clean and said go do what you want to do but there was zero evidence for a pontius pilate in all of all of antiquity until recently now there is actually historical archaeological evidence for the specific Pontius Pilate that yep. was in Jerusalem at that time. Right. And it's kind of wild to think about all these different things where we go, okay, historically doesn't make sense. Okay, we have writings to back it up. Okay, well, were those writings forged? Okay, well, you could argue it, I guess. Right. But until well, you start seeing actual archaeological evidence, if you, if you, like, that's wild. Like take uh, Flavius Josephus, right? Right. The the one he's got sta- some weird writings got, though he's got well he's got some really weird he's ones. got he because of the influence of the Roman he was a Roman historian well no he was a well, Jewish, Jewish historian who but, wrote for Rome but he, exactly and so he tried to appeal to the Roman people and their mysticism but he only has really I can't remember if it's a sentence or a paragraph about Jesus Christ mentioning I think it's yeah just it's a little sentence. it's really little and John the Baptist was like maybe a paragraph he just mentioned them yeah it's just a quick mention like people think oh josephus it's probably you know he sits there and talks about the whole story like if you haven't ever read josephus it's good reading first of all because it helps you understand the cultures and the customs back of the day even though uh most historians believe that he is accurate but historians also believe he embellished some of the stories Mm -hmm. right some of the stories and that's why they go well i don't know but seeing as how he just barely mentioned jesus and barely mentioned john the baptist they tend to believe it because he didn't embellish it, right? He could have made it this flowery thing, but he didn't. He just kind of mentioned them and then moved on. Right, but history talks about it. And the thing is, right. there's historical evidence for all these characters and all these people and these things happening. Like, I mean, even in Ephesus, right? Because we talk about all the time where in Ephesus, we're talking about husbands and wives and wives submit to your husbands and, and husbands uh, love and serve your wife and kind of that mutual submission sure, sure. aspect of that. That was groundbreaking because of like well, the, it was anti-cultural back right then. because of the great um what's wrong for the great library that was in Ephesus and then the great like performance hall that was in there so we're even seeing the apostle Paul when he writes into that culture he's writing into what the culture is actually speaking and then the more we study these cultures the more we see in Ephesus that historically the role of the wife was just to birth babies and and basically make food. 
In that culture, yes. In that culture, no love, no respect, no honor, no nothing. Right. So we even see when the Apostle Paul and Peter and, and the other writers in the New Testament are writing against things in the culture, we have cultural things to back up even while they're writing. And a lot of times we don't want to point to those things. We look at like what is the beautiful things you brought here with Josephus and all these other writings and I think we still have more to read about that. We, well, um, about archaeology, yes. But archaeology, but like even in the Old Testament with archaeology, you know, we've we brought up places like Sodom and Gomorrah and like these pillars of salt of, of, of Lot's wife. Right. Well, we have found desecration in that area. Right. It wasn't until recent that we found the ancient city of Jericho that looks like it crumbled from the outside in. Right. Like things that the Bible actually talks about. We're finding archaeological evidence to support what is said yeah, so in Scripture. It's not just historical evidence at this point now. Now we're actually having... Getting into the archaeological side of right, it. Right. The actual proof, right? So you have writings on it, and now you have physical proof as well to back up a lot of these claims. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, let's dive into the archaeological Oh, I aspect. accidentally trans- I accidentally transitioned no, just real well into no, that one. We're just going to go ahead and... Tra- you, yeah, noise. You, noise. Noise. So... Um, is it archaeologically re- reliable? Is it is the Bible archaeologically reliable? So this, uh, this article comes from ChristianAnswers.net. Mm, okay. Um, and they've got a lot more than what I have here, but I just wanted to bring some of the examples that they have, and then we can talk about it a little bit more okay so the elba archive the discovery of the elba archive in northern syria in the 1970s has shown that biblical writings concerning the patriarchs to be viable Hmm. documents written on clay tablets from around 2300 bc demonstrate that personal uh personal and place names in the patriarchal accounts are genuine the name uh canaan was uh in use in elba a name uh, Wait, a name critics once said was not used at the time and was used incorrectly in the early chapters of the Bible. Mm. The word Tehom, the deep, in Genesis 1-2 was said to be a late word demonstrating the late writing of the creation story. Tehom was part of the vocabulary of Elba in use some 800 years before Moses. Ancient customs reflecting the stories of the patriarchs have also been found in clay tablets from Nuzi and Mari. I've never heard this before. This is pretty sweet. It was pretty awesome, wasn't it? So uh, the next one is the Hittites, right? Yep. The Hittites were once thought to be a biblical legend until their capital and records were discovered at Bogazko, or Bogazkoi, Turkey. So they actually found um, records, their capital and records in Turkey. Of the Hittites. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Solomon, and you hear this a lot, and actually now not just Solomon, but they question whether David was actually uh, a real person to King David. So Solomon, many thought the biblical references to Solomon's wealth were greatly exaggerated. Uh, Recovered records from the past show the wealth and antiquity was concentrated with the king and Solomon's prosperity was entirely feasible. Not only that, King David was questioned until they recently just discovered, I learned this at the Creation Museum, Hmm. uh, they just recently discovered pottery with not just King David's name on it, but also Goliath's name on the pottery telling the story. That's dope. Yeah, right? That's really dope, actually. So uh, King Sargon. It was once claimed that there was no uh, Syrian king named Sargon as recorded in Isaiah 21. Uh, because of this name, uh, because this name was not known in any other record, uh, because this name was not known in any other record, then Sargon's palace was discovered in Iraq. 
the very event mentioned in Isaiah 20, his capture of Ashdod, was recorded on the palace walls. What is more, fragments of the Stella memorializing, memorializing, wow, I cannot talk. Memorializing. Memorializing the (laughs) victory were found in Ashdod itself. That's wild. Yeah. That's cool. So King Belshazzar, another king who was in doubt was Belshazzar, king of Babylon, named Daniel 5. Mm-hmm. The last king of Babylon was, um, yeah, I can't even say that. Uh, you want to take a stab at that that name? Nabonidus? Ne- 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 Nabonidus? Sure, we'll go with that. According to the record, Nabonidus, because like Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar? Maybe. Sure. According to the recorded history. Make it till you make it, baby. So tablets were found showing that Belshazzar mm. was Nabonidus' son, who served as a corrigant in Babylon. Thus, Belshazzar could offer to make Daniel third highest ruler in the kingdom, Daniel 5.16, for reading the handwriting on the wall, the highest available position. Here we see the eyewitness nature of the biblical record as it is often brought out by the discoveries of archaeology. So I thought these couple of events And a lot were, of this is old te- oh, oh, this a lot of this is like OT stuff. They show the validity yeah. of the Old Testament in right. this area. Right, yeah. Because we like the New Testament, obviously it's you know, there was a written language, there was a there was massive libraries sure. that were happening. Well back these then. are these are new discoveries, right? Recent, within, really within recent. recent. Right. So we see a lot of New Testament you can actually dig into a lot of the Jewish antiquities give a lot of history now. Do they support a lot of of the Christian following? No, not so much the Jewish antiquities of Israel as mm-hmm. of right now. But there are Christian organizations that are out there doing the archaeology in the same places and are finding all sorts of discoveries, which is why they see, you know, they find the, uh, which they used to say there was no way that uh, the Roman cross was uh, a, a thing of crucifixion until they found the foot bone with the nail through it, uh, which collaborates with the bible with the story yeah, right right but but i think it was that was just discovered i want to say 60 or 70 years ago oh wow so i mean they had they, there was questions about that until they discovered this bone with the nail through it with a piece of of uh wood that was used by the <laughs> like romans you legit can't argue this uh, anymore. yeah like yeah it's just straight up like okay so they actually did do this style of execution but there's discoveries like this happening all the time and there's so much out there like i picked these five out because they were the newest ones i could find the so there's discovers. one that was actually i listened to this on the unbelievable podcast i, yep. I kind of bring that one up a lot don't i there's a new discovery of a cursing tablet where it mentions the name of yahweh because before yahweh the first mention of yahweh like the word yahweh which is the personal name of god that right. the jewish people use and it's, it's called something there's, y- it's, it's on the tentagram it's supposed to be breath. Like there's, right. it's just like, like it's literally basically when you breathe, you're worshiping no, God. But they do you know, not really say cool. the name. They say Yod Hey Vod Hey, is is how it is because it's just actually four consonants. It's just four consonants, right? It's, and, and and if you hear the word Jehovah, that's also another translation of the word Yahweh. Well, before I think the earliest writing was like on a tentagram in like 200 BC or something like that or whatever. But they recently found a really ancient tablet where it's like basically. Um, cursing on, you know, um, it, it's, it's kind of like, uh, in Mulan with Mushu, you know, curse you, um, cursing on your family, I, I cursing cursing on your cow. Cow. <laughs> like that. So basically it's a cursing tablet and declaring curse and it uses the word Yahweh in it. And so it's like the more and more we dig into ancient antiquity and find more things, cause think about it. We got to go. I, it, 
the ancient world was very different than what it was today when you right. would just dominate, desecrate, build on top. Dominate, desecrate, build on top. Right. The farther down they dig, the more archaeological evidence that supports well, the Old Testament. And they have to, even in Jerusalem, right, they have to be careful on how far they dig because of the structures of the city above because that's exactly what they because did. Of, they because of the new Jerusalem, because of, of right. Herod's temple on there. Right. And there is a conversation to be had around what is actually happening at the Temple Mount because the Temple Mount right now is the actual um it was it was Herod's temple before that was Solomon's temple but now it's it's the mosque for for Islam right and there is actual belief that there is a lot of things that are underneath that temple and down in the catacombs that is being destroyed so, that would validate a lot of it supposedly too. the stone on which um Abraham went to sac- the, so the story goes that the land that David bought Right, King David bought this land for the the temple site. Right, and this was the place where this is the the Jewish oral tradition says this was the place that Abraham took to sacrifice Isaac. It was the same stone hmm, up okay. there. So this was the altar, and this is the place where Solomon built his temple, and then Herod eventually built his temple, and it is actually inside the mosque and. The mosque, that's what I'm, I can't think what it's so, called. The place of worship for Islam. Yeah, the, the mosque. The, the Rock of Ages, I believe, is what the, the it's called. Like, the hmm. building is called. I think it's Rock of Ages. But uh, supposedly there's been... That's no, just the Dome of the Rock. The, the, the Dome, Dome of the, the Rock, rock right. Yeah. yeah, so... Uh, we have the Golden Dome in Notre Dame, though, but it's, baby. But it's different. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> the Dome of the Rock, you going. Uh, so uh, they say that the stone is in those catacombs. The same stone which the altar was on, which Abraham... Like, that's how the oral tradition is going now. Right. But we have and no idea because we can't go it's underneath. It's so there. safeguarded. They right. do not allow people. They allow people every once in a while, Americans, non-Jewish people to go in and tour like just a little bit, but not like not go down, down into the catacombs. Right. But you know, everything, go back to what we know. It's like the Bible would say, make a lot of claims, the Hittites, right. These people, these places, these Kings and people are like, nah, it's a bunch of baloney. It's a bunch of, bunch of malarkey. Now, we can't believe it. How right. could you? How could you believe a Bible, an Old Testament, where it has all these things listed out? You it's can't believe made that up junk stories, for nothing. Yeah. And what's? I mean, this is cool. Like the the when you're talking about that word um, of uh, tehom was yeah. part of the vocabulary at Ebla. Right. I'd never heard that before. Right. Yeah. Which is the yeah the same word that so from Genesis wild. one two. And they said that it was that Ebla was using that word 800 years before Moses wrote about it. Right. So so it's more the fact of archaeology. In the Old Testament, what the Old Testament claims has been supported through archaeology, finding right. Jericho, finding potentially right. Sodom and Gomorrah, um, all these different things, the old rivers, the old people, yep. the old kings, the old kingdoms, uh, all the archaeological evidence is supporting the Old Testament. Right. And then we also have extra biblical resources to show that the New Testament and the people mentioned in the places and the right. time period. And archaeology that makes it all plausible. It's all plausible. So, right. so far, what we've talked about and speak, bring it to last episode of the amount of manuscripts, the time periods, what they were written in, in, in that. We also didn't mention the fact of, well, we kind of hinted, hinted on it, where the fact of if anything was written that was against what actually happened, all this stuff, because the Apostle Paul basically said, um, everything I've written, go ask this person, this person, this person, yeah, and right. they'll back up everything I say. Yeah. And if I teach you anything different than what I've already taught you, it's a lie. <laughs> right, because they have validity, like they actually right. have visual proof of it. So right. there's visual proof, there's written proof, there's archaeological proof right. that the Old Testament and the New Testament have solid footings to stem well, the fact of 
and it's not full of like full of crap. And there's logical proof because what person would die for a lie? What person would watch their friends die for a lie? I mean, there's uh, what they families died together, uh, friends died together. You you know, apostles died. Why would they do that all to cover up a lie? And I think the here's the big difference because people talk about like, well, Islam does that, and and you know, the Mormons do that, and these people do that. No, they do it for do a reward, right? For the reward. Now, this, but if they knew for a fact that this was a lie, right? Why would they follow? Because right. in the in the Jewish customs and the Jewish culture and in the Jewish tradition, there have been many quote unquote messiahs that yeah, have come through. Right. But what has happened every single time? That Messiah died. The, the followers disbanded. Dispersed, right, and every that's time. why when they brought Peter and I think, who was the other one? Who was with Peter at that time? Andrew, maybe? When they brought Peter before the Sanhedrin and the council, what did the high priest say? I think it was Caiaphas. He said, hey, just let them go. If this is of God, we can't stop it. Right. But if it's basically just a lie, it's going to stop just like every other right. messianic follower well, tribe has and again like lee strobel puts out or points out in his case for christ um the sanhedrin and the pharisees did not question whether or not the tomb was empty at all they validated that the tomb was empty they just had to figure out how do we spin this they yeah and the you best know? thing that they could think of was well the disciples must have taken it but in order, here's where it gets right, back to... Right, but think here, of the Roman, my, the Roman here, way of here, life. Well, here, a soldier. Here's where it gets back to the logical stance, right? Okay. You, you have Roman guards, and there's a stone, a massive stone in front of this tomb with a seal on it, right? It would take more... These are trained legionnaires, all right? These aren't fishermen. Nope. From Nazareth. This isn't a tax collector. These are trained soldiers that... Killed for in, a living. In the world's greatest army. Right. So to say that 12 men, or 11 men, I guess, because Judas wasn't there, could overtake yeah. them and roll away the stone and get the body out, it's not plausible, right? Right. Because if these Romans failed at their job, like we see in Acts 16, right. they were going to be put to death. Yeah, it was so, a life or death so situation So when the Pharisees them. paid them off, the Pharisees paid them to have money to run yeah right exactly because they were going to die right because they lost they, they did not fulfill their calling right so i i think you know he was like oh they paid him off just just to keep quiet no i really think they gave those guys money to freaking run well right hide. well yeah so well, that way they no, could live i think that they and, and to be quiet they, too they bribed well it was a bribe it was right? a bribe right roman those roman soldiers and, those I'm, reading that, and I'm reading that yeah, into we're, the text. we're speculating but if you think about it right if them roman soldiers took money to spin a story but we know historically they would have been killed for what they did or didn't do, which is protecting something that they were told to protect. They would lose their life and be dishonored. It would make sense that they would take money and, hey, yeah, I'll take money so I can spare my life because that's how the world works. Yeah, Matthew twenty-eight fifteen, where it says, The Roman soldiers reported what really happened at the tomb. The chief priests and elders agreed to bribe the soldiers to lie and say that they fell asleep at the job. That's not what Roman soldiers do, guys. Well, no, and they needed the money to probably to run. Probably. So, so so far in all the conversations we've talked about, we talked about that the ar- like archaeological evidence supports the Bible, specifically the Old Testament right. with the old ancient locations and Historically, people. we see a lot historically of historical accurate. evidence. We see the historically written accuracy as well. We see that the early church also loved and honored and upheld these traditions. But the big, 
I would say rebuttal that you hear a lot today is, okay, so how do we know we don't have messed up manuscripts in today's day and age? Because you look at, you know, let's just talk about the Mormons real quick, all right? Sure. So you got the Book of Mormon, which is the gospel of the Mormon. They uphold the Old Testament and the New Testament, but what they say is, since Jesus and the apostles, basically the entire church screwed up until somehow this one dude in America had a vision to get these shields that came down from heaven that told him the real things of what the what it's really all about to be a Christian. Then the shields just magically disappear, so no one can ever question him. That just let's just talk about that for a minute. But you know, they say that everything that we have was translated completely incorrect, so therefore we have the worst translation ever because people wanted to put their own spin on it in order to control this religion, to grow this religion and to create a bunch of followers to just sit down, shut up, and follow. So how do we know that the Bible we have is the actual translation? Was it translated correctly from back then? So we're going to talk about that now. Oh, sweet. Uh, (laughs) Like you didn't know. (laughs) Come on, man. I'm Uh, sitting in the ears of our listeners right now, man. I'm trying to be that guy. So we're going to read an article from from Biblical Christianity, IRR.org. And there's, they do seven points here, and I want to read a point, and then we can discuss the point, and we'll read through all seven. How's that sound? I'm cool just reading them and talking as we that's go, a, man. That's a lot of reading. So okay. that's why I said I need All right. So number one, most English versions were are extremely reliable, just not absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. So the Christian view that the Bible is without error refers to the original Hebrew and Greek text, which we talked about last week. It applies to English versions only insofar as they are accurately representing those ancient texts. Yep. Since most versions do not uh, do so with a very high degree of accuracy, they are reliable even though they are not absolutely perfect. Right. And so, and I want to pause here about the King James translation, right? We're going to get into that a little bit The King bit James on. translation is one of the most beautifully written texts. In fact, our English language was crafted by the King James translation. I don't know if you knew that or not. No. Like it, it's it's a fascinating. Like it became the standard for English writing because sure. of just how beautiful it was. But a lot of people will say, "Of no, 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 the inspired word of God is held securely in only the King James translation. That is the, how God has perfectly given us a translation in English." To which the even the translators of the King James says, "Yeah, we did the best we could with what we got." Well, and there's other good translations out there. This is just where we landed on it. So it's, you know? it's to the point. I read an article, and I uh, don't ask me to quote it exactly. Quote but it, boss. Quote I, it. I will, I will paraphrase <laughs> what they said, and I don't even remember where I found the article at. It was somewhere online. But it said uh, that because of the quality and the history behind the King James translation, the reason why they don't update it is out of, tradition that's yeah. why they came out with a new king james rather than updating the king james right. the new king james was the updated version but they did not because of the the historical value of the king james translation when it was released in 1611 but it's but the but, the king james we have right now isn't even the 1611 king james well it's pretty darn close it's close but it's not the same well they've changed it to match the language of the time. No, not a hundred percent though, because we don't use these and thous anymore, and yet those are still. In no, it. no, 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 no. I mean, like the letters, like they've changed how, like some of the letters are yes. shaped and all these different. So you things. can read it. it. Right. They made it readable. They made it readable, guys. But yeah, you're right because my dad has a 1611. Huh? King that's what I'm James. saying. But, yeah, I'm saying, but oh, they made it readable. Yeah. So why did we stop making it readable? Yeah. That's so my, that's that's my rebuttal. So we're gonna we're gonna go. We're gonna go into that actually. So let's say most English versions are extremely reliable. 
Just not absolutely perfect. Right. I like so, it. Uh, number two, English versions sometimes differ because they are translating different editions of the original language text. Yep. So we discussed this in part one, which is the other part, part of this of article. Episode. Yeah. No, part one of the article. Oh, my bad. Um, particularly in the New Testament, most modern translations are based on earlier Greek manuscripts than were available to the translators of the KJV, also followed in the NKJV. Mm-hmm. For example, in Matthew 5.47, most versions say, do not even the Gentiles do the same, ESV, NASB, NRSV. Uh, while the NKJV, New King James, says, do not even the tax collectors do so. So, do not even the Gentiles do the same, and do not even the tax collectors do so. In this case, most versions follow the Greek manuscripts that have the word ethnikio, or Gentiles, rather than telonia, which means tax collectors, and the expression to auto, or the same, instead of hutos, which is thus so. Uh, these are not differences in translations at all. Most Bibles contain marginal notes or footnotes, letting the reader know about such differences in the original language text. Mm -hmm. Notice that in this example, the difference does not change the point of the verse. <laughs> yep. Which is that even people Jesus uh, Jesus's hearers might regard with disdain are nice to those who were are nice to them. Uh, almost all variations in English Bibles likewise make this difference with regards to the Bible's meaning. Yep, I got another one too. So this was a post that was beware of false Bibles. Don't trade the sword for a butter knife. Use the King James translation. Because in John six forty seven it says, Verily, verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. The CSB, I won't read all the other ones, but the CSB says, truly, I tell you, anyone who believes has eternal life. And they're like, they took out believes in Jesus. They're, they're trying to take out the belief in Jesus. I'm like, nah, bro, read the whole context of what Jesus is saying. Jesus said it up as whoever believes have eternal life. Believes right. on what? Believes on what I just said. Believes in me. Right. So a lot of times the King James advocates are like, no, the King James is the only inspired version and everyone else is trying to make it like watered down gospel. It's because we just have different, like we have older texts that we're leaning into. The context doesn't change. Well, and it's so, just trying to keep up with the language to understand what's happening in the text. Yeah, and I, I don't remember if this article gets into it or not, but the um, the KJV was actually translated from manuscripts that are um, newer, newer manuscripts. More newer, recent. They're not as more, old yeah, as the right. As more the recent ones. copies than yeah, than what Texas oh, Receptus. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So. Uh, so number three of this yep. article says anyone who learns Hebrew and Greek can check the translations to see how accurate they are. There you go. In general, it is an amateur Bible critics and those who who uh, those swayed by them, not Bible biblical scholars who are skeptical about the reliability of English translations. Hmm. The scholars may have their preferences or argue about. Uh, best tra uh, to translate a word or phrase here or there, but they do not express wholesale skepticism of the English Bible, as do many critics of the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty funny that uh, biblical scholars are like, yeah, we might we might dicker over a little word here or there, but we're not gonna like throw out a whole translation of it. No, yeah. So it's not, uh, wise. not wise. Number four, different words can be used to express the same meaning. In Romans five eight, the KJV says, "God commendeth." While contemporary versions say God shows uh, ESV or God proves HCSB, NAB, NRASV or God demonstrates NASB, NET, NIV, NKJV. 
There is no difference in the Greek text underlying these versions here and no real difference in the meaning of the translations. They simply use different English words to express the meaning of the Greek verb uh, soon. Uh, let me see. Sunestinsen. Sunestinsen, I believe is how you pronounce that Greek verb, uh, which a standard lexicon defines as meaning to provide evidence of a personal characteristic or claim through action, demonstrate, show, bring out. A large percentage of the differences in translations are this type. Mm hmm. So number five of this article, translations sometimes differ because they follow different method methodologies. And we've talked about this a lot on the show. We have. Uh, English versions fall along a spectrum from those that are more word for word, uh, such as the NASB, to those that are more thought for thought, like the NLT. Uh, with others being the middle, the NET, which is that blue one that I, yep. I have. Um, all these methodologies involve a trade-off. The more word-for-word -word a version is, the less readable or easily comprehensible it is. While the more thought-for-thought -thought a version is, the more the translators are actively interpreting the text for the readers. In many instances, modern versions will translate an ancient idiom to express its meaning. For example, the valley of the shadow of death in Psalms 23.4, ESV, KJV, NAB, NASB, is translated the darkest valley in some versions like the HCSB. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I right. will fear no evil. Uh, yep. So NET, NIV, NLT, NRSV. Uh, one version tried to split the difference. A raven, a raven as dark uh, as death. Perfect. Oh, I'm sorry. A ravine. <laughs> like a raven's a bird, yeah, bro. Yeah. A, a ravine, ravine as dark as death. NJB. It isn't that one of these is right, quote unquote, and the others are quote unquote wrong. They are just different kinds of translation translations, each of which is legitimate in its own way. Yeah. And that's why we're big fans of this. And again, we're not sponsored, so we could say this. That's why we love the CSB. That's right. why I use it because they call it the dynamic equivalence right. where it's, they, they, they want to be as accurate as, they as can, possible, but they want you to be able to understand the text. Right. But so many translations, as you're reading, you'll see footnotes and say other manuscripts say this. Yeah. Like my NET full notes version yeah. has, it's filled with it here. Here, this word is, uh, argued and translated this way and here's the greek word for it and here's the definition of the greek word that's the full because people who translate the bible aren't idiots like well <laughs> they're trying and, to make it, it readable for it today's day back, and age you it know it comes back to the argument of do you really believe that these committees because most of these other translations are, are, by are committees. committees yep that these are people that hate god and hate scripture and want to deceive people or no. do you believe these are people that really value the word of god and are doing the best that they can with each other and using their biblical skills and their God-given gifts to translate the most holy of holy uh, words um, to a language that people can understand. And the best way I've ever heard this described was there was a missionary who was down in like Central America and he and, and this tribe did not have a written language. Sure. And they were he was trying to figure out and, and just un, like describe faith and salvation because in the Bible verse he was translated in your sins be washed what? White as snow. They've never seen snow. Right. How do you translate that as white as snow? They don't know what the heck snow is. So right. how do you translate white? And then they were trying to talk about, like, I think it was like faith or grace, and they didn't have a word in their language to describe it. So they were trying to find anything in that culture to be able to correctly interpret so they can understand what it's trying to say. Right. You know, grace is grace, but grace is our so word for it's it. It's not translated word for word or what the Greek definition of that right. word is. 
it's translated in a way that that person could understand it. Right, because, like, I mean, in, in today, it's a little bit different culture because we have phones, we have technology, we can see what's white as snow is. But think of if we have no snow, no tech. You're living in Texas, down in the desert, down in, like... Texas. Like, you're living down, like, on the West Coast, El Paso, Texas, where you got, you know... You know, little what, what are those you're, little things that roll living, the road? You're living down in Brownsville on the tip of tumbleweed, Mexico. Tumbleweed down in the tumbleweed. You're like, I don't know what white as snow is. You go in Texas, white as a brand new white T-shirt. Oh, that's clean. Like think of a really dirty white T-shirt and you wash it, you bleach it. Mm, yeah, that is mm. white. That's what Jesus or does like to a, your life. A you're really a, white. You're light. really really gross and you're and, and you're dirty. But we can wash it and make it right. like it's brand. New. That's all Jesus is saying is that washes white as snow. What does it mean? It's just clean. Right. Jesus white wipes and washes you clean. You're a whiteboard now. He erased all the darkness off of you. There you go. There you that's go. that's kind of what it's trying to what it's talking about of different right. methodologies and trying sure. to in in And what does it mean give to go word for word versus thought for thought versus, you know. Yeah, exactly. Phrase for nah, phrase. Keep going, boss. So, number 6 of this article says, in a few instances the meaning of the word was or is unknown or uncertain. Right, so especially back in the KJV, that it had case in point. What I was just saying, th- they don't have many. They didn't have many words for, for to tra- tra- like they didn't know what the Greek word was. Right, mm-hmm. they didn't have anything to compare it to to figure out what that Greek word was. So they translated it what they uh, thought it it's was. It's like the Rosetta Stone with the Egyptian hieroglyphics. Right. Hi- hi- hieroglyphics. Yeah, they didn't know what any of that means. They had to use the other languages to try to translate what that... Until they found the Rosetta Stone. In. Right, Ooh. exactly, yeah. So this happens especially when a word occurs only once in the whole Bible. In such instances, scholars either translate the word, spell it using English letters, or give the best guess. For example, the expression gopher wood in Genesis 6.14, KJV, ESV, NASB. Is that the story of Noah? Noah, yep. Yeah. Gives a translation of the Hebrew word word gopher, G-O-P-H-E-R, because its meaning is uncertain. Though some modern versions translated as cypress wood, N-E-T, N-I-V, N-L-T, N-A-R-S-V. Again, such difficulties do not interfere with the understanding the important passage as a whole. The boat was made of wood. It was made of a certain wood. <laughs> That's what they probably should I be. I mean, what else they do we probably, need? It was made they of probably wood. should have just left that off and been like, look, there's this word here, and we don't know what it means, so it's made of this wood. <laughs> it's made of this wood. That's what they could translate it as. Hey, you know why they call it the gopher wood? Because you want for more? Uh-huh. Because <laughs> uh-huh. if you're the gopher boy, you got to go for wood. You got to go for Hey, Fuller, go 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 get me some more wood. Go for wood. Go for wood. There you go. That's that's my bad that's, dad joke. That's what it was. That's was, a really Noah, bad. Noah really was bad telling his sons, "Go for joke, wood." You know, let's just do this. Yeah, that was that was no. I wasn't yeah, ready. No, that was just horrible timing. Ah, uh, last one, boss. What's number right, seven. So, number seven, and then we can start working on landing the plane. Good. Cause I got to the bathroom. <laughs> Trip. I've drip, had a lot of drip. Coffee, <laughs> coffee All right. and water. Some versions differ in places because of theological bias. Mm. So a good example is the NWT or the Jehovah's Witness version. New word translation. Yeah. Yep. Which notoriously translates John 1 1 and the word was God because they deny that Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. It may seem difficult for someone with without training in biblical languages to decide which versions are biased. However, usually one can get a good handle on the matter by comparing several versions. A version with many verses that differ from most other versions in doctrinally significant ways, as does the NWT, is likely unreliable. So this is where it's like when I do my studies, like my deep studies, I usually, want different translations I usually have, I usually even have a KJV with me. Why not? KJV, NASB. I've got my TLV, my JPS if I'm in the Old Testament, which is the Jewish Bible. 
Yep. Because who better to translate Hebrew than the Jews? <laughs> so I have Americans. I, I have that. I have white my, Americans. I have my ESV, mm-hmm. my NET, my CJB. I mean, my CSB. You got the stuff. I got the stuff. And that's why study Bibles are awesome because study Bibles can help you with those conversations. When speaking you know? of study Bibles, don't we have some study Bibles? Oh, look at that over on the shelf. We do have study Bibles. Look at that. They're pretty. If you are in need of a CSB or any type of Bible, we got you, boo boo. We got you. We got you, boo boo. Anyways, so yeah, so reading all that, right? And we're well, looking before, at. Before we move on from number seven, the other thing I want to make sure we say is because people would be like, Oh, just because all the other translations doesn't include a God in Genesis 1-1 doesn't make Jehovah's Witness translation bad. If you look at any sort of Greek translation, in order for you to put the word a there instead of a God, you had to do it intentionally. There is no (laughs) a proper understanding of Greek understanding goes, there is definitely no word. And all you gotta do you gotta just look at a Greek lexicon. Like, that'll help you out right like there. Like every single translator goes, even ones that are not Christians. But they even, go, that's that's a done. That is that is that was intentionally but, done. Okay, but you look at that version because right? it says Jesus was a God or Jesus. Well, how, how was it? In the beginning was the word. The the word was with God, and the word was a God. Right. The same was in the beginning. So with God. But it's like does eh, that ugh. like they said at the end end of that uh, article? Does that doctrinally fit? And it does not. No, it does not doctrinally fit. And so that's a way that you can test it. Um, I mean, the the best the 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 bottom of the line here, though, really is at the uh, end of the day. At, at the end, the bottom. I'm just going to use the bottom. That's your phrase. I'm going to use the bottom of the line. At the bottom Bo- of the fishing pole. At the bottom of the pond. <laughs> there, that, that, <laughs> that was that one. Was, that wasn't a good one. But at the end of the day, <laughs> uh, it works. really. You have to trust a translation, right? Yep. Unless you're going to go study ancient Koine Greek. Koine, yep. It's, and I don't even know it. Ancient Hebrew and ancient Aramaic and go read the manuscripts for yourself. You're going to have to trust a translator mm-hmm. at some point. And so how how do we figure out who to translate? Well, it's amazing because we, don't we have a podcast episode on translations, Bible translations? Oh, we do. Uh, I'll refer to that. In I was the, to say, I'm like, we do? Yeah, we do. Yeah, back in like I think season two. Ooh, yeah, it was why it's on the way back train. I've used, I've t- tagged it in a couple episodes with this, but uh, uh, at the end of the day, you have to compare and contrast. I prefer, I'll just give you my preference here. I have an interlinear Greek Hebrew Bible, um, and I usually have that when I'm doing my deep. Hey, studies. look at that! I just went to our website, clicked the search icon, clicked. Search translations, and it says what to do about Bible translations. Oh, look at that. Episode 54. Look at our website helping you out. Helping us out. No, well, you, the listener. Yeah. but <laughs> So I, I use my, my interlinear Bible along with other Bibles when I'm doing my deep study because that's like the most direct translation that we can get without knowing Greek and Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Really, it is. And that's it's all a jumbled up mess, and it's really not readable by itself. But it helps you as you're looking through other translations. You go, huh, these three translations differ a little bit. Well, let me go to this in a linear and see what it says. Oh, it says that word instead. Okay, well, now I just plug that word into this verse, and now it makes a little bit more sense to me. Mm-hmm. So you can just do things like that. Yeah, and when you're trying to pick a translation, we talked about this in that, that one episode. CSB. Yep. Well, yeah, I love the CSB. <laughs> but pick the one that makes the most sense for you. If you use King Jimmy, do it. There's nothing wrong yeah, with it. If you there, want NIV, there's go absolute, for it. I am, I am totally on board. The best Bible translation is the holds one you read. to historical Christianity. Right. 
is the one you read. But I am wholeheartedly in favor of those who like KJV. Use your Go KJV. Go for it, man. Why not? But my thing, Our church uses my, New King James. My only problem with translation, I know this isn't a translation episode. This is just Bible, is the Bible accurate eh, episode? but we're here. Let's go for it. Uh, is the ones that say NASB is the only true Bible. KJV is the only true Bible. NIV is the only true Bible. That's where I have a problem because it's like, mm, no, the Greek manuscripts are the only Bible. <laughs> right. And these, <laughs> these are, are translations. translations. <laughs> these are the translations. The inerrant word of God is the original and i'm not talking about the copies that we have but the original text that's OG. the inerrant. og we have copies of that and thank goodness for the faithfulness of all those christians who made copies of the original manuscript their lives because for those scraps. if they didn't understand something or they made a mistake and another translator or scribe caught it they put a little note by it they didn't change yep. it they just put a note by it and that's how we have all this. And then, then now we have all these 30,000 manuscripts that we can compare and go, okay, this one, yeah, it's a little different, but it has a note here. But this one doesn't, and that note lines up with this. There's, so been, that's a lot right. of, there's been a lot of years of faithful work. Faithful, and that's right. And, and so um, for me personally, I believe that the people that are in the NLT, NIV, ESV, KJV, uh, TLV, CSB, um, I believe they're – they are wanting to be as faithful as they can be with their mandate of uh, providing an accurate and holy word of God to their readers. And if you look at the front of your Bible, every Bible has what they're like. It's like a preface. It's yeah, it is. It's yeah, exactly. And it says here, here's what your Bible and here's why we translated it. And here's, it gives you kind of the history of the translation. Mm -hmm. And I would encourage you if you haven't done it before, Go to your Bible that you currently use, no matter Just what translation, it. and go ahead and read that preface. Explain, and, I, and now you know. Why, yeah. And I and I know even in the KJV and the NKJV they have them in there too because mine have them. So yep, they all have them. Yep. So and it tells you why they translated the way they did and what they used and how they went about it. So and so when you put this whole conversation together, right? So let's wrap up conversation one, conversation two, put it all together with: Is the Bible actually reliable and accurate? And accurate. And then I think the final question that we have not answered then is, is it then authoritative? Because if the Bible is not accurate and right. it's not reliable, it's, it's not no a, longer authoritative. Right. But if we look at all these different things in the Bible, and in each one of these facts might hit you and your heart a little bit differently, you right. might see the archaeological evidence and go, oh, snap, that's what I needed. You might see the validity of the, the New Testament writers connected to the apostles. Or the historical reliability of it. Or? Yeah, or just the fact of, holy cow, there's so many different manuscripts. Like right. this as well. Quantity. We all will have different things that we resonate with. Sure. But if we look at all these different things, we're still left with the question of, okay, so is it reliable? Is it actually, you know, authentic and real? And and uh, what's, what's the other word that I'm looking for? Reliable and... Um, Infallible? I, uh, um, accurate. Is it accurate? Is it trustworthy? Is it all these different things? Is inerrant. it inerrant? A scripture. Right. There you go. Inerrant. If it's all these things, then you have to wrestle with the question of, okay, is this what I'm going to believe and proceed down or is it not? Because a lot of people, when they have questions about, and the reasons why they leave Christianity is often the, the problem of suffering, the problem of evil, um, they're kind of personal experience of things that they've gone through or they've watched other Christians. Like that's what Christians are. I don't want to be like sure. that. But when we're looking at what the Bible is inside of the Bible, it contains the text that talks about Jesus's life, death, burial, resurrection, and she will become again. It talks about the creation of the world. 
talks about the history of mankind and our role in God's story. And when you read all of this, you now have to come with the grips of, is this going to be an authoritative piece in my life? And if so, will I live my life in accordance to what the Bible well, says? And we say authoritative, but really, I mean, the, the standard term for that is is it inspired mm. right right is this the word it of could god. just be a book because we can say the book of allah the the, the quran right. the quran could be accurate and trustworthy in accordance to all the other manuscripts sure right and again according to itself it's, it's according very, to itself right but is it inspired is it infallible is it inerrant mm -hmm. and i would say yes it is beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I have made up that decision in my mind based upon the evidence that I have seen, which is way more than this. I mean, we're at two and a half hours, basically. And we've only we've scratched about. the surface, and, man. And, and, yeah, we haven't even, I mean, we're seriously. I've at, listened to two-hour conversations about just archaeological finds. There's just so much, so much out there. I mean, books and books and books and articles and podcasts. And there's just so much out there that there's no way we can do it full justice. You could spend... Well, the people have. They spent their entire lives going through this on just, years. Uh, on just uh, uh, contextual criticism, you know, or, or I'm sorry, textual, textual criticism, criticism. Yep. Uh, or on archaeology or uh, biblical accuracy. I mean, people have spent their entire lives and careers searching this stuff out, believers and, and non-believers. Non yeah. And I see there's a common pattern to those who have really put forth the effort. And this is who I, I brought you some today that have actually put forth uh, um a career of effort into these things. And they all come up with the same conclusion of yes, it is accurate. Yes, it is infallible. And yes, it is inspired. So then the question is, what do we do with it? And I think that's a question we need to leave you as a listener with this show is yeah. after listening to the, these two episodes, the question you have to wrestle with is, okay, this is what all the evidence point to. Do I believe it? Will I believe it? And will I submit to the God who is behind it? I think that's kind of the question that you have to think the the, the questions and, and the questions you have yeah. to think about. And that's not questions we can answer for you. You nope. got to answer that within yourself. So yeah, I think that's a good place to to land it. I like it. Land it with a question. We're gonna not land it statement? with a question. Yeah, just land it with a question. I bro. love it. All right, man. Time for fun facts with February. <laughs> Holy right, Spirit, my, activate. Holy Spirit. I had to leave the people with it. <laughs> Holy Spirit, activate to make sure I don't pee my pants because I got to go. Trip, trip. So, wait, so, wait. What's this? <laughs> I love you and hate you uh, all at the same time. <laughs> and it's kind of yellow, too. Isn't oh, jeez. Come on now. Look at that, bro. All right, my brother. What is the fun fact? <laughs> To end this glorious episode on and send these people on their All merry right, day. All right, the fun fact of the day. Did you know that the Geneva Bible was the first to have verses? Hmm. I'm sure you knew that, but. I'm, I'm sure I've heard it, but so I mean, if you would have asked me, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. The Geneva, the Geneva Bible was also the first to include verses, commentary, footnotes, and cross-references. Cross huh. okay. King James VI of Scotland disliked these editions, calling them sedacious. Hmm. He particularly disliked that this translation and notes directly changed our challenged authority, including the divine right of kings to rule over men. Mm. He banned the printing of the Geneva Bible in 1611. The same King James would go on to become the namesake of the King James Bible as he commissioned the translation. So knock out the competition. <laughs> and so basically because the Geneva Bible basically said that no king isn't over man. Right. 
He's like, God's nah, like yeah. which might say something about the King James translation, too. Did you know well, fun he just fact? Commissioned did it, you know so. that King James himself? Um, this is kind of funny. Maybe not. We'll find out. You know he was gay. What? I did not know that. And Are the you Bible sure? openly like goes against homosexuality. He did it honestly just because of uniting the like like yeah. literally he did it well, as a political move. To, I'm trying to remember was the the KJV wasn't it partly they used part of the Latin Vulgate to, to translate it too right? I think so. It was it was like a mixture. Yeah, usually the authorized version. This was right. the one that the church. It was mainly for the Church of England because right. in the Church of England, the king rule. And like if you actually see in the Westminster Confession, right. the rule of the king was to make sure that if anyone went against the orthodoxy of the church, that right. they were committed. Like they were uh, ruled to basically punish right. to sure. protect the orthodoxy. So reformed theology in and of itself and ancient customs and cultures was basically a version of English nationalism or mm. German nationalism or whatnot. not in its early days though uh, not before no not no read Luther man I did he 100% believed in the king overseeing it all I don't think so yeah it's wild so. John Calvin believed the same thing man I got the book right over there we'll look, take a look after this uh, well, anyways after, after I the the people Thank you for joining in with us, even though we went into another whole nother level there. We're always here for another something different. <laughs> so uh, check us out on Facebook. If you've not joined our Facebook community group yet, go do that right now at uh, Real Talk Christian Podcast Community. You can also just go to our page on Facebook and hit groups and join that way as well. Uh, check us out on Instagram. We have a Twitter. We don't ever use Twitter. Uh, just like Parlor, we have a Parlor, but I haven't checked Parlor since. I don't we know, have forever. a Parlor. We did All right. back in the day. But uh, check us out on We're literally YouTube. everywhere. Check us out on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and that Ding. bell notification. So when we're on secretly, you know, you know, and if you have any questions and you're curious, maybe, maybe they had this topic or not. You can always go to the website, realtalkchristianpodcast.com. Hit the search just like I did live on air and find an episode that answers your question. But we love you guys. And until next time, take it easy.